Welcome to Cancria, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And my name is Sebastian. And we are kicking off fundraising week here at CIU-TFM, the sound of your city, home to diversity and uh, just a good old, good old mix of music and messaging here across the greater Toronto area. Now, you may recognize my dulcet tones as the weekly co-host of Canqueer, uh, all from uh, answering phone calls when I was the station manager. Uh, but for now, we are imploring anyone and everyone, please take a few minutes. I realize if you're physically driving, it can be a bit of a challenge. But we have folks waiting by the phones. Go and give them a quick ring. Let us know uh, what you would like to donate. Uh, any help is greatly appreciated. Um, and it uh, it all it all supports a good cause. Uh, CIT is uh, a charity that does educational training and does some training for students, uh, members of the community. Now, Sebastian, how was your week? My week was acceptably good. Okay, okay. Honestly, nothing of interest happened. <laughs> you know, sometimes I get into weird hijinks. I, I have surprise surgery happen to me, that kind of thing. But no, this week was pretty... Uh, pretty tame i had uh, i had some pretty good chicken wings uh that that was the highlight of my week which sounds pretty tame but when you're gluten intolerant pretty good chicken wings is actually a very exciting uh a very exciting side quest you know speaking of hijinks and side quests uh it's my partner jake's birthday i won't mm -hmm. uh won't tell you how old he is but he celebrated his 25th birthday um, again, mm -hmm. and uh, we went to Laser Quest or Laser yes. Max or Laser Tag or whatever the the company was called, followed mm -hmm. by Sushi. Never do it the other way around. Pro tip: mm -hmm. never the other way around. Okay. Um, and yeah, I can tell you that I have not exercised certain muscles, uh, maybe in my life, okay. <laughs> compared to when I I don't know what kind of Call of Duty fantasy overtook me was in this laser tag game uh but my um whatever they calves or thighs or no my my thigh muscles are aching you uh, can't even name the part that's how i can't even name the muscle that's hurting it's just like it's generally like what are you doing like you are not a pro athlete actually to further my embarrassment here and mm -hmm. uh, maybe to make people uh take pity on us um I uh, dramatically was going up a, a ramp, uh, you know, aiming my my laser gun at, uh, you know, the, the the children that were also competing. Mm -hmm. um, I got I got just obliterated, by the way. Like apparently, I am not very good at this. The one that won the first game was right. a three and a half foot, I don't know, like ten year old that was invisible, like all black, three feet tall. Didn't mm -hmm. see him the way, but I ducked yeah. and I was being all dramatic, very sort of James Bond-esque. Did you do and a I forward heard roll? something? Sorry? Did you do a forward roll? I did not do a forward roll, but I was dramatically like um what oh what squatting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can't even down. name that either. Okay. I yes. can't even name a squat. Um clearly I do the exerces. I heard something, I was why is that? What is that ripping sound? Mm -hmm. And my pants. Had just completely separated at the crotch. Oh, really, it was just a weight waistband and two like loose leg things. Oh um, dear! Thankfully, it was uh, enough together 
that uh, it wasn't obvious until I got home. But yeah, my my clothing did not survive my oh, trip dear. to Laser Quest. Oh dear, shocking. And then you had sushi after, which probably and then didn't I help. Did. Yeah. yeah, and then it was the then it was the waistband that went. Who knew? Yes. <laughs> I guess it depends if you're going for the the traditional Japanese sushi or the Californian style sushi. Like if you have the Japanese sushi with like the pickle or the cucumber or like the 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 non fatty the bright red tuna versus like the Californian style where everything's covered in hot mayo, mm-hmm. um, that that could be the difference between being a little full and and being a little stuffed. Oh, it was it was hot mayo the boots down like absolutely <laughs> like it really was it uh what do you call the opposite of you hauling staying where you live for a reasonable amount of time until you get to know each other and then moving in when you're both at an appropriate point in the relationship it's not I mean, quite so pithy but yeah it's not as pithy no i was actually gonna go i'm gonna i'm i'm, I'm submitting this for consideration by the gay gods Oh my god. Queer uh-huh. culture, if you're listening. Um, I'm I'm putting this out here. Now, mm-hmm. in queer culture, uh, U-hauling is what is used to describe, you know how they say stereotypes are sometimes, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. <laughs> Rooted in truth, but not the whole truth. Exactly. And yeah. the fact that you know, me and you, we do you remember we had a friend? who was straight and their sexuality evolved and they were bi and I believe now they identify as lesbian um but they came out um uh I'm gonna put it I'm gonna put the message written down so you know who I'm talking about we obviously don't want to out this person to the whole wide world Mm -hmm. there we go um I've just secretly communicated that to uh to Sebastian but they came out when we knew them and I think right. we were telling them about some of, you know, some of queer culture, some highlights, what yeah, to yeah, expect, yeah. you know, taking care of yourself, blah, 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 you know, safe, sane, consensual. Um, and they met somebody that they mm-hmm. had literally encountered, like physically encountered, I want to say twice, if that, and then they moved to California to live with them. All right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this person, she literally rented a U-Haul mm-hmm. within a week of meeting a lesbian mm-hmm. um, and didn't know why we found that quite as funny as we did. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I do remember this. Yeah, that was that's 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 digging deep. It's been a while since this happened. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think their relationship lasted about a few months mm-hmm. uh, and then she moved back. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but there is this, you know, I get it. I get it. When uh, I'm sure everyone listening can imagine a time where you have had that uh, sexual magnetism where mm-hmm. there is, you know, your eyes meet across the insert scene here, yes. you know, and uh, you're next to each other and it's, it's, like you're being drawn in by invisible forces. Mm-hmm, and it's all very intense. Um, g- gay men's approach to responding to that um, 
is R-rated. But Leslie's approach <laughs> to responding to that is generally to, to then just move in together. Not mm. always, not all the time. It is a stereotype. Mm -hmm. uh, but I can name a few lesbian friends of mine where they are happily married now in great relationships. Mm -hmm. But yes. their courting period was literally just crossing one single courtyard like that was that was it and then they were devoted <laughs> the, you know well, the, 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 the two dogs the archetypal explanation is that gay men are essence of male and lesbian women are essence of female so gay men can't tell the difference between sexual attraction and romantic attraction so they default to sex so they just hook up right away and that lesbians can't tell the difference. They default to romantic attraction, so they they move in right away. When a lot of gay men should really have less sex on the first date and actually get to know them better. And a lot more lesbians should just say, look, you're not actually that into her. You just think she's pretty. Just hang out between just Netflix and chill with her and call it a day. You know, you don't have to move in yet. Like, really, it's just people need to split the difference more. Split the difference more. Go down the middle road more. That that's really what I'm what I'm trying to say here. But what? Why? Why are we bringing up you hauling? Why? What well, has brought wanna, this up? I want to put something out there okay. as the opposite to the U-Haul, okay. and I'm going to call it the Miriam Margulies. Okay. Because Miriam Margulies, uh, who was Professor Sprout in the Harry Potter series. A very, very, very funny, uh, outspoken uh, Jewish lesbian lady mm -hmm. of British descent, I believe. Uh, she met her partner, longtime partner of 54 years, the Australian ac uh, academic Heather Sutherland. Okay. Uh, and in the 60s, they were like, you know what? We both have our own careers, our own futures. Let's work things together. Anyway, 54 years later, mm -hmm. they are now moving in together. Okay. <laughs> so okay. I, I put it to the, the queer gods mm -hmm. that the opposite of you hauling is the Miriam Margulies. What do you think, uh, Sebastian? Do you reckon it'll take? I actually, uh, well, I don't know about the name, but I, I, I'm familiar with the process. Back when I actually used to work in a gay bar, I had these two regular customers who had been together for 30 years, I think, when I met them. And I asked them, what's the secret to your success as a relationship? And both of them openly said it's because we've never lived together. Uh, at the time when I knew them, they had separate apartments that were across the street from each other. So when they were sitting on the balcony, they could like wave to each other. Um, one of them had a one bedroom. One of them had a two bedroom. The one with the one bedroom co-paid the other one so that whenever family came to town, they had somewhere to stay. But they're basically mm -hmm. like our ability to survive as a relationship is to respect each other's space that much. And they rarely slept on their own. And they just sort of went back and forth between the two apartments. And they did this for like 30 years. And I was like, that's a bit much, but I get it. Like, I get it. I don't know if I would do that. But if you did that with Jake, I'd be like, eh, well, yeah, it works, I guess. I don't think Jake would tolerate that, though. No, I'm far too needy. I, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't think I could tolerate it. No, I, uh, I need my human, and we'll we'll get to that later. Not but, all things uh, yeah, work for the same people, but yeah, that's this yeah. is true. Different strokes yeah. for different folks. Exactly. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a message into the chat here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna spell it out to the audience. Now, there was an article which mm -hmm. has ignited a bit of a social media buzz, okay. and it's one of those theories of gay brain. If okay. you read this a certain way, you may be gay. Okay. And it is, 
ITS as in its, mm -hmm. G-I-V-I-N-G as in giving, mm -hmm. and then season. How okay. would you read that, Sebastian? Uh, well, this time of year, I would interpret it as uh, Black Friday is approaching, all the sales are approaching, buy a bunch of gifts while they're cheap and hoard them for Christmas. Um, I view this as a, a sort of a pre-warning of um, sort of like winter is coming, except it's more like the shop apocalypse is coming and you do not mm -hmm. want to be Less in the Mariah Mall Mariah Carey, more Black Friday. Yeah. Oh, go now before the Mariah Carey gets really bad. I still like that song because I'm in a mall at that time of year once per year so i hear it and i'm like oh, i haven't heard this in a while it's okay if you if you only hear that song once or twice a year it's still a good song but yeah to me this is a uh uh it, it's just it, it it looks like an advertisement for like the bay for example yeah and it's that's exactly it. it's on a store window if you were to read it out loud you would say christmas uh, it, it's giving season yeah, well, a lot of gays are reading it as it's giving season. Okay. <laughs> and I'm okay. not going to lie, when I read it, and I was like, it's giving season. It's giving, uh, you know, fir trees and unicorn and, and uh, you know, reindeers. It's giving, mm -hmm. you know, winter wonderland. Mm -hmm. uh, very much tapping into queer lexic lexicon, queer slang. You know, I thought it's giving was a Gen Z thing, but it may be that sort of cultural hybrid of more Gen Z, definitely in the queer space. But folks are, it's really kind of divided the room uh, with people reading it as either it's giving season mm -hmm. or it's giving season. I just right, think, right, 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 I think, right. I think my interpretation is just more fun. Well, it's, uh, I mean, if you really want to get into the grammar of it, one is the predicate and the other one would be it's functioning like an adjective, like a um, a past participle kind of a thing there. So it's giving is it is giving where giving is the verb versus it is 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 the verb and then giving is like the adjective. So it's really it's season. What kind of season? It's giving season versus it be giving dot 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 seat letter yeah so yeah <laughs> i love that it be giving i'm gonna that's that's what i'm taking away from you it be giving season okay all right well speaking of the giving season uh as we mentioned at the top of the hour it is the fundraising 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 drive here at CIUT, home of Canada's uh well, home of Cangreal at uh, Canada's Queer Media. Um, but CIUT is powered by volunteer programmers. Right now, I am not getting paid by mm -hmm. CIUT. Uh, we do this as a volunteer. We share with you um actual gay news and we'll get to that in just a few minutes uh -huh. and uh asinine queer cultural topics like it's giving season and the mary magalies which i will start i reckon i can do more of getting the mary magalies to to happen than fetch just okay. watch out okay now that's uh, never gonna it, happen it, it is gonna happen it is gonna <laughs> happen all right now folks do love ciut we've been reading out quotes from them uh throughout this entire funding drive quotes from people 
listening where you are. Uh, somebody said CUT, CUT, CIUT 89.5 is the sound of the city of Toronto representing the diversity of nations and the cultures that live in it. Absolutely. Uh, um, you know, 100%. Like that really is it. You don't get much more diversity than what you hear on CIT. Now, I've worked in campus and radio, radio, campus community radio for about a decade plus. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the Toronto market, CIUT is one of a one a bit of a bit of a last of its kind, kind of like a narwhal. Okay. Or a dodo. People think it's a mythical creature. I'm pretty sure they exist. But yeah, um, well, narwhals do exist. Yeah. Okay. So in that case, yeah, narwhals are real, dodos are extinct. Uh yeah, yeah. 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 But you're like, is it real? Is it a place where people can play the music they like and it's not commercial top 40 with six minutes of ads? Yes, it's real. Mm-hmm. And you can find them swimming in the waters of 89.5 FM. Now, we are going to jump to our first song of the day. And that is, oh my gosh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, I've fumbled over that. Uh, yeah, you featuring Jim Mick, and this is from Trainwreck, and we will be back just after Need this. someone on my side. You were right there standing by. Will you stay or not? Will you let me start over? Mm-hmm. You'll be the one to boost my mood. I can be there for you too. We're two bananas. <laughs> Pajamas, I say with laughter, and everything after is okay. So let's just run away. We'll just stay young and run away. We'll just play dumb and pretend. Because I don't want this to end. It's you. Tether and I'm holding tight Yeah, you You're always there in the right moments in time There's so much I want to say I feel it but it might scare you away And in this moment I can't breathe My heart is pounding out of me In this temporary life Yeah, when I'm with you You tell me we can soar Let's just run away Lose all intentions, run away Into this moment, I can't wait Until the day forever stays It's you Stay 
Welcome back to Cancria, home of Canada's queer media. My name remains Luke Smith. And I am Sebastian. Now, I did want to talk about uh, something that's happened recently. Are you familiar with Omegle? I know the name. I know it exists. I vaguely know what it is and what it does. I have never been there. I haven't heard that name in a long time. Does it still exist? Uh, it just it's just been shut down. Oh. So Omegle plays it plays an interesting role in uh, queer history, mm-hmm. as does a, a, a lot of things. You know, cruising plays a you know a inconvenient uh, role in in queer history as well. You know, it's it's a lot of these things have. Um, Moments in them. So just for the uninitiated, I suppose, Omegle was a uh, it's a website that people go on with their web cameras and they are randomly paired up with strangers. And it was a way of meeting strangers on the Internet, right. which is exactly how it would sound. Um, so, yeah, I- I'm willing to bet one in 20 encounters was actually pleasant and then another... Fifty percent of it is uh, strangers in a strange land uh, with the camera pointed at their nether regions. As soon as it turns, oh on. yeah, million percent. Like yeah, okay. you've nailed it. You've you've nailed Omegle as a description. Yeah. Um, but what you're missing is that one of the features of it is that you can skip. So you're you might be paired with somebody for like a millisecond, and then they would skip, and then you'd uh-huh. be paired with another. So you get to like twenty skips, and then someone would would be there mm-hmm. um but it spawned things like uh people doing omegle pranks where they would you know have a whole choir and a band perform randomly to just one person on their webcam mm-hmm. um and yeah it was also inundated with typically white middle-aged men with the camera pointed at the nether regions you know which is not great <laughs> it's not the demographic i heard but that's a separate issue <laughs> yeah no it was uh it's it's not great and it certainly was uh multiple challenges in fact one of the stories that I think really uh, flummoxed and led to the lawsuits that did eventually shut down Omegle was mm-hmm. based with, I'm just making sure I get the um, the details correct here, but was based out of Manitoba. Um, 
the province, not the band. Yeah, there's a Manitoba band. I mean, of course, there's a Manitoba band because it I had mean, to rename itself to Caribou. Uh, but yeah, uh, Manitoba, based out of Dundas, Ontario. I actually, know somebody who went to high school with the guy who makes it completely separate. Anyway, sorry, go on, go on. Tell us about this lawsuit. So they just had a twenty-two million dollar lawsuit uh, launched against them uh, following the platform. It paired a Manitoba man who has now been sexually, uh, uh, sorry, convicted of sexually abusing uh, this individual and others. Mm-hmm. And it paired this particular man with, I believe it was an 11-year-old girl at the time on the app. Now, just to give you a sense of how Omega works, mm-hmm. it was the number one strangers meeting website on the internet. Okay, We're talking thousands and thousands of people on it simultaneously at any given time randomly paired together it's also you can worth saying, zero oh, yeah, go ahead. i was gonna say it's also worth saying this was internet 1.0 so this was before uh codes of conduct this was before user agreements this was basically I mean, you could be on it yesterday you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, only oh, yeah. just been shut down. Yeah. It has only just been shut down, but like the idea of it being curated, no. Internet 1.0 was completely uncurated, unmonitored, no user policies, just do not go on the internet if you are not okay with gamer words, with racism, with unexpected nudity, uh with people just randomly sending you the Gautier image and it was mm. it, 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 that was Internet 1.0. And and Omegle kind of came in towards the end of, I mean, a lot of these apps came in towards the end of that, where it was just, it is the Wild West. If you do not have an iron stomach, just stay off the internet, Grandma. Well, you're right, because it did have age filters, but uh, they are considered to be not particularly effective. Yeah. Um, you were able to zero in on certain communities. So if you put gay as one of your tags, it would try and pair you up with people who also put mm-hmm. gay as the tags. Um, you know, there are definitely multiple stories like this Manitoba man and the woman. Mm-hmm. Now it's worth noting that after being randomly paired, um, I believe they connected off of the site. Uh, oh. and that's where and when the abuse happened. Um, I believe it was online. Okay. Uh, but it still brought those two people together and it really ought not to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it w- they were sued. They settled for 22 million and the website has now been shut down. But the darkness of it is what shut it down and rightly so. Mm-hmm. However, while it was running, it served as a really interesting space for queer folks mm-hmm. because people who wanted to talk to a human mm-hmm. about being gay, about the terrible tuna sandwich they had for lunch, mm-hmm. about, you know, their partner or a abusive family or mm-hmm. the terrible tuna sandwich they had for lunch, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> The original you know, intent of apps like this was more like, what does it like to live? What is it like to live in Mozambique? What is it like to be yeah, yeah. an ER nurse? How, what's in it like Oslo? being Chinese gay in China? You know, yeah, what's yeah. it like? You know, exactly. And that yeah, yeah. it created so much cultural dialogue, so much mm. conversations. It was really the uh, the foyer of the internet in terms of you don't know who you're going to meet. Yeah. 
You don't know what kind of conversations you're going to strike up. Yep. Um, you know, and it really was quite uh, quite powerful in that sense. So I there's a lot of years people ago when I was on an, an Internet 1.0 site. I do not even remember which one it was, but I do remember somebody telling me that he had to kick a penguin that morning. And I said, why on earth would you kick a penguin? Those things are adorable. And he said, I live in Patagonia. If you oh, live yeah. in Patagonia, I bet they're in the way you would get it. I, I think I think they have the relationship with penguins that we have with Canadian geese, where I know vegan pacifists, you know, my, my former roommate, vegan pacifist. She once told me if one more goose takes a run at me, I will punch it in the head. And she wasn't joking. She was ready to punch a goose in the beak. So I think maybe they just have that relationship with penguins in Patagonia, which is just fascinating that that's the world we live in, where somebody may want to punch a, a a goose. And I've heard that uh, I have co-workers in South Africa who have the same relationship with secretary birds, that they are, they are, they are on the knife's edge that one day they're just going to slap a secretary bird. Um, beautiful animals, but they're just, uh, yeah. What is cute. a secretary bird? It's one of those, uh, it's sort of related to like ostriches and emus, although it's a little bit smaller. And it's an animal that the moment it sees a snake, it just loses its mind. There, there's quite a few animals that have that instinct and it just messes it up. So if you put a cucumber on the ground, it will tear it apart because it's like snake-like enough for me. So yeah, secretary birds, beautiful animals. They got like a head crown kind of a looking thing. Um, but yeah, they're vicious, apparently, just like Canadian geese. You know, I don't want to punch a goose, but if another one runs at me and I'm like, I think a that's a hate crime in Canada. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I counts. don't think I'll actually, I usually just avoid them. I just, the mm. best way to not punch a goose is just avoid them. You know, this is true. Yeah. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but, uh, yeah, we're talking about Michael. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a lot of queer folks are comparing it to the uh, collapse of gay.com and Yahoo, mm -hmm. like MSN chat and, and place, you know, things like that. Places yeah. that really acted as forums and venues to mm -hmm. create relationships with people or mm -hmm. even brief conversations with people that you mm -hmm. otherwise would never meet. Yes. You know, giving you that uh, sense of security and anonymity to be able to talk about yourself in this you know and, and whatever that may be but okay. also yes yeah, so much inappropriate content um, oh yeah that you know that flooded it's a buyer beware situation um all the old internet 1.0 things the uncurated unmodified not unmodified un um, moderated moderated uh, a lot of those sites as much as they are really interesting places to meet interesting people like how i met that guy who told me about penguins in patagonia and uh my current partner i met him on reddit so um not even on a on anything kind of purview it was completely innocent i just basically said i really like this one video game and i want to play it with somebody and try out the uh multiplayer functions and that was it <laughs> but anyway uh yeah a lot of those are starting to, to go away as the the sort of moderation of the moderation and curation and sort of like image oriented, identity oriented, profile oriented, sort of internet 2.0, and now sort of social media internet 3.0, if this all is even a valid way of talking about things anymore. This is very 2008 to talk about it mm. in, in these terms. But... Well, Omega was formed in 2009. Oh, okay. Yeah, Still, it, it would have been on uh, the, the, the heels of the early days. Um, yeah. 
but uh yeah a lot of it is starting to to disappear and I do understand that uncurated, unmoderated spaces can be dangerous and you really do need an iron gut and it really is buyer beware. Uh, I also think they're very necessary. The, having tighter controls to keep uh, underage folks off of them is absolutely necessary, but I do think that they hold a space, they hold a purpose. One of those things is political activism. Some of these spaces are very active for... um. I know a, a a lot of the protests in Hong Kong are organized through spaces like this, so they can be useful. Uh, the The Arab Spring, the uprising in Egypt, was uh, organized partly through sites like, well, maybe not Omegle in specific, but you know, unmoderated spaces. So I don't know. I, I think there's a there's a a case for them as much as as this court case kind of indicates. They can also be uh, oof. I think is the how the French would say it. Um, oof. Oof. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure that just means beef. It means egg. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got lemons then. Anyway, um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's interesting to say because you're right, the internet is evolving. Um, you know, things are, I believe, getting better. You know, there are, for example, the Trevor Project, which is the leading charity in the U in the United States that works to tackle specifically bullying around LGBTQ uh, identities. So a lot of folks who are victims of bullying uh, related to their sexuality, race and or gender um, is uh, would use the Trevor Project in, in the States. Uh, mm -hmm. They've now moved away from X, formerly mm -hmm. known as wait, Twitter. Um, yeah. And a lot of people have, you know, a lot of organizations are like, you know, it's it's like being in a, you know, it's like being in Dundas Square in downtown Toronto. Mm -hmm. Unlike, a, it used to be like being there on a Monday around the time everyone's going to work, you know, mm -hmm. that you, you get your vocal you know, God will save you preachers over here. You've got your people yelling at you at the street and, mm -hmm. you know, but you, you expect that. It's a public forum. It's a public yeah. square. Yeah, you yeah. expect that. Since uh, Elon Musk uh, bought it out, it's now more like Dundas at the closeout of a Jays game where they are lost. Mm -hmm. It's not quite as safe, not quite as quiet and definitely a little bit more yelling than mm -hmm. there was there was prior. And there's organizations like uh, the Trevor Project who are like, look, we deal with vulnerable young youth. They're looking mm -hmm. for us to engage with us. They're often commenting on spaces that can be commented on by other people. And mm -hmm. do we want the drunks of the, in the square mm -hmm. in that same room? Do we want mm -hmm. do we want to have this conversation? Mm -hmm. in that space and the answer is no and they're yeah, leaving yeah. and what they found is that most youth now are getting that kind of content and that kind of engagement through tiktok which is not a public forum no. it is curated it mm -hmm. is algorithm driven for you pages mm -hmm. uh, but you know you don't uh, you're not going to have people stumble into you and yell at you so much on uh tiktok compared mm -hmm. to uh, other particular wide open drunken forums like uh, my analogy here to X. Also, Instagram and Snapchat have uh, their 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 space as well. Now, I actually I don't mind the wild west of the internet. I don't mind um, 
spaces where you go there and it's literally everyone, including people you don't want to talk to. There's there's a time and a place for that. There's a space for that. There is a need for that. But I also understand that organizations like this do need a curated space that is a lot more moderated and a lot more protected. So I get it. So the fact that they're leaving um, X, which I think universally, because if everyone calls it formerly known as Twitter, what are we doing? <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, uh, uh, it, that's not the space for them anymore. And, you know, best of luck on your next platform. Uh, maybe Twitter shouldn't have been that space. I don't know. That's a completely separate organization. But I do think there is a need for that sort of Wild West pseudo lawlessness, not complete lawlessness, because even the Wild West had rules. You know, there's certain things you don't do. Otherwise, the posse gets formed. Um, so I, I think there is a space for that. But uh, unfortunately you know, organizations like this do not really fit into that mold that much. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll be keeping an eye on that and other stories as they develop. Now, we are going to be jumping to our next track for today. I'm just making sure that I've got it in front of me. And I believe I do. This is Golden Days by Jess Ray. Uh, it's Americano. It's folk. Uh, they are Canadian. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will be back just
and welcome back to Can Queer, home of Canada's queer media. My name remains Luke Smith. And I am back as well. And my name is still Sebastian. Now, we are strongly uh, imploring, encouraging. Uh, I would even say I'm inciting people to donate we're to CIUT. We're citing people with an S or a inciting. C. Inci oh, inciting. Yes, of course. Yes. Yes. Hopefully. Yeah. What, did you say inciting as in like I am placing people in my line of vision? Well, uh, I mean, uh, uh, citing with a C as in like we're giving you a citation yeah, for not donating. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. Not donating. <laughs> and then uh, 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 citing with an S as in like we are going to name you, uh, you know. So, I mean, yeah, neither of those were inciting, which is a completely different verb. Absolutely. Yeah, I know you're getting a free English lesson with today's show. Uh, yeah, we are imploring folks to please yes. support the incredible work of the University of Toronto Community Radio Inc., the charity that holds the license for CIUTFM, and support the great work happening to train the next generation of students in creating top quality content. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I believe that this station really is an incredible venue for young folks to uh learn people skills learn um presentation skills talking skills you know me and you started at university uh, and we haven't stopped talking since yes. i want to cover two uh gay bashing stories Ooh. separated by about 50 years okay so in 1987 um, okay. A young gay man was uh, brutally murdered. Um, so let me find the name of the man, Raymond Keem. Mm -hmm. uh, so he was 43. He was beaten uh, in, I believe it was uh, in New South Wales. Uh, the guy responsible for it, the ringleader, um, is a man by the name of Bruce Early, but uh, he was known as Spider back in the back in the 80s a much more mm -hmm. menacing name stanley spider sutton mm -hmm. uh, was his more menacing 80s name uh, mm -hmm. but anyway uh he was you know it was that time when you would uh quote roll a queer yep. end quote uh back in the 80s a lot of gay men were beaten just for being gay now unfortunately for um, not that it really makes a huge difference but uh, for Raymond Keem, he was straight. I think he'd been married. Uh, he, I believe, had children and uh, was seeing another woman at the time mm -hmm. and made the grave mistake of needing to pee uh, whilst crossing a park and on exiting the washroom uh, was beaten up by a spider or early mm -hmm. and uh, some other goons of his. Now, uh, he has just just been sentenced to 22 years in prison for the murder of Raymond Keane. Mm -hmm. So just the now. New South Wales, yep, yeah, just 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 this past like week. Oh wow. So they issued out a uh, a sort of call for evidence, sort of diving into cold cases. Uh yeah, and I think from what I can tell, somebody ratted him out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so there we go. Pretty simple. Um yeah. He was arrested in his home after a $1 million award was offered uh, for information leading to a conviction in the case. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so he was based in Victoria in Australia, who was then extradited over to New South Wales. 
where he was charged, uh, arrested, charged, and now convicted of the murder of Raymond Keem. Um, it's worth noting that uh, uh, early, or uh, Spider, as he's also known, um, it was a hate crime. They were targeting gays. He himself has since come out as bisexual, saying that he was struggling with his own sexuality throughout the 80s. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not right to take it out by murdering people. Mm -hmm. So Right. Yeah. I mean, this is a good news, bad news, mostly bad news, obviously. But the good news is that that sort of reassuring feeling that cold cases can get resolved. Mm -hmm. uh, and that a lot of the cold cases from within the community, because a lot of people were harmed uh, in the 70s, yeah. 80s, and yeah. 90s, um, and knowing that there can still be justice even decades later, that that is a well, possibility, sort of a silver there, lining. There have been also justice in the Sligo murders. Did you recall those? They happened about, I want to say, last April. Ooh, it sounds familiar. Refresh my memory. Yeah, so Yusuf Palani, who is 23 in Sligo, has this year, sorry, it was just last year, mm -hmm. uh, has been found guilty of the murders of Aidan Moffat, 42, and Michael Snee, 58. He also repeatedly stabbed Anthony Burke, 50, multiple times in the head. Now, mm -hmm. I'll, sc I'll spare you the, the most gruesome of details, uh, which do include decapitation. Um, but the murders were highly frenzied attacks, dozen plus stab wounds to the face and head uh, in, in both cases. Um, now, Yusuf Palani claimed that he was hearing voices, that he was, quote, quick to anger, um, and that uh, he was mentally unwell. The judge... Uh, however, disagreed, noting that on a previous occasion, he had had sexual relations with Burke. Uh, mm. Polani claimed he wasn't gay. However, the uh, prosecutors indicated that there was consensual intercourse uh, on all three occasions, including by the man that was uh, that had survived. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so he was again uh, arrested. He was just sentenced. Um, let me see, sentenced to a long time. Mm -hmm. um, I'll get the exact, I think 20 years, two life sentences and 20 years for the third attack, all to be um, served concurrently, mm -hmm. one after the other. So it is unlikely that neither Yusuf Palani will see the light of day again, or early, a.k.a. Spider, Mm -hmm. um, will also see uh, the the light of day as free men. So, yeah, it's interesting that they both got resolved this week. Yeah. Uh, horrific abuse, you know, 30, 40, 50 years apart. However, the the things that are common between them is, is unsettling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, as I said, like, it's just strangely comforting to know that cold cases can and do get resolved. Well, I mean, the one case isn't a cold case, but, um, or, I mean, in that case, you could just say the, the, there has been a feeling for a long time that attacks against members of the community never go punished. Uh, that is not true. They don't go punished perhaps as much as they should, but it is a non-zero number. And that is comforting. Um, there is an actual good news story though. Okay. Um, nobody dies, so oh, you know that's that's a solid start, right? You know, our, yeah. our level of good news is lack of death, 
Okay. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm optimistic. The Latvian parliament has just voted to allow for same-sex couples to establish civil unions. So in Europe, they are joined by other countries like Romania, Bulgaria, Croatia, and Hungary, and we'll move to Hungary in just a few minutes, mm -hmm. um, that don't have civil unions. It's a huge issue with the courts. Mm -hmm. You may recall that there was a new story earlier this uh, year when the Latvian head of state is now openly gay. Okay. Let's fast forward, you know, five or six months, and uh, the legislature seems to be catching up and approving same-sex partnerships in Latvia. So for Latvian folks, this is excellent, great work in the right direction. Um, things like inheritance and adoption, still got some work to do there. Mm -hmm. Still nowhere near the sort of uh, equal rights that we enjoy here in Canada, or rather uh, they face barriers uh, and prohibitions that don't exist here in Canada. Right. Um, uh, you know, and it's, uh, it's, but it is 100% with lack of death, good news. Yes, yes, absolutely. I was wondering about that. I had to look that up because I, I was under the impression that Latvia was uh, one of the countries with the highest rates of atheism. And I thought it was kind of weird that they were this late, but it was actually Estonia that I was thinking of. Um, mm. Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, um, I, I, with apologies to those countries, they're they're kind of small and they all neighbor each other. Outrage. Outrage. Outrage Our yeah. Latvian listening base is just up in arms. Actually, I grew up in Burlington. There's a lot of Latvians in Southern Ontario. There actually mm -hmm. might be Latvians listening to me right now. So with apologies to you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we would like to apologize to all three Latvians who have tuned in for today's show. <laughs> all right. Now, the, uh, the, the I mentioned Hungary. Now mm -hmm. they have been getting into a bit of a bit of a hoo-ha-ha. Uh, the World Press photo exhibit was in Budapest in Hungary. Mm -hmm. Now, this the fundamentally photos in news yes. is foundational. You know, the idea of a photo speaks a thousand words uh and headline images and yes. so on. It 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 there are individual photographs that have changed the course of politics and have ended wars, have started wars. It, Absolutely. Photography is a very, especially journalism photography is a very big deal. Absolutely. Well, mm -hmm. the directors of the Hungarian National Museum were instructed mm -hmm. to prohibit entry to the photojournalism exhibit. Uh, to anyone under the age of 18 in accordance to the law after a, I think it was a state senator or a senator of the state of Hungary, I mm -hmm. should correct, not to be confused with the U.S. states, um, happened to go by, uh, sorry, he was a member of the, the political party, Jubek, uh, filed a complaint with the culture ministry saying that it uh, violated the Child Protection Act. Now, the photojournalism exhibit contained no nudity. Mm -hmm. No uh, explicit representations of graphic, uh, you know, it's a it's a news journalism. You think maybe it's pictures of dead children from Palestine or what have you, what you know, you? the kinds of things that one would expect could well invite a visceral response, maybe edging towards not doing that. But that wasn't the case. The issue right. at uh, at hand was one very specific exhibit. So in 2022, in July, in Manila, in the Philippines, 
um, uh, Hannah Reyes Morales, on behalf of the New York Times, took photos of a community of LGBTQ elders. Mm-hmm. I think there's like 10 or 20 of them. They all live in the same house. Um, and they that's it. They are literally, it's like a gay retirement home. Right. That's the gist of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, they wear some makeup, but they're fully clothed. They're smiling. They're having a good time. Uh, and the that pictures are just... Because some of the pictures are posted online. It's just a picture of a guy. Yeah. It's an a face guy. behind some beads. An old, an old man behind some beads. Yeah. And it's the fact that it's gay people that are not unhappy. They mm-hmm. haven't killed the gays. Mm-hmm. Um, is enough that children need protecting from an image of um, just a man with some bead, a beaded curtain. Like mm-hmm. I encourage folks to look up Home for the Golden Gays to get a sense of just how ridiculous this is. Pretty like, tame. There is, you know, yeah. people are saying like, look, this image is not going to make people gay. No. An old man with a tiny smile behind the beaded curtain, fully clothed. Yes. Is not going to incite homosexuality. Right. Right. It, it, did it break the law? Is it well, <laughs> maybe a terribly worded law? I've been to photography exhibits before, and quite often, if you don't read the fine print next to it, it's just a picture. It's a picture of a building. It's a picture of a lady. It's a picture of a car. It's a picture of a tree. And if you don't get the story behind it, it's not quite so meaningful. Sometimes it can be quite deep, so it'll be pictures of special events pictures of bad special events um but quite often it's just a photo that happened to have accompanied an article on something else like it'll be a you know a a a, a journalism piece on i don't know the, the housing market crash and it'll be a picture of a car on cinder blocks but if you don't know that that's what it is it's just a picture of a car on cinder blocks most most photos and journalism exhibits are like that and it it wasn't announced in bright neon letters on every photograph. This is a homosexual man. It was just this photo belongs to this exhibit. Then you read the little panel next to it in tiny little 12 point font, which yeah, with your magnifying glass. Yeah. 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 And, and then you're like, Oh, okay. That is an elder gay man in the Philippines. And if you didn't read that tiny little thing, it would just be a picture of a guy. And you know, that's to put it another way. Mm-hmm. In that same exhibit mm-hmm. is the photos of the war in the Ukraine and the horrific carnage caused. Yes. That, fine. Yes. Roll your 10-year-old out and take a look at the destruction and death in the Ukraine. But a man smiling mm. in heels, unacceptable. Mm. <laughs> Just, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that sort of it really points to the ridiculousness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, on that lovely bombshell of a note, we are done for this week. We've run out of time. Don't forget to stay tuned for more shows. We are playing out with In the Matters by Siski. I have been Luke Smith, and I've been Sebastian. And thank you for listening. Me feel so good and the matters. You make me feel so good and the matters.
Too. 